Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Today we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, titled Creation. Chapter 3, Krishna is the source of all incarnations. Text 40. Idam Bhagavatam Nama Purunam Brahmasamitam Uttamashloka Charitam Chakara Bhagavanshi Niheshesya Lokasya Danyam Swastya Ayanam Mahat this, idam this, Bhagavatam, book containing the narration of the personality of Godhead in his pure devotees, Nama of the name, Purunam, supplementary to the Vedas, Brahma Samitam, incarnation of Lord Sri Krishna, Uttama Shloka, of the personality of Godhead, Charitam, activities, Chakra, compiled, Bhagavan, incarnation of the personality of Godhead. Rishi Sri Vyasadev, Nishreyasaya, for the ultimate good, Lokashya, of all people, Danyam, fully successful, Swasti Ayanam, all blissful, Mahat, all perfect. Translation and purport by his Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. This Srimad Bhagavatam is the literary incarnation of God, and it is compiled by Srila Vyasadeva, the incarnation of God. It is meant for the ultimate good of all people, and it is all successful, all blissful, and all perfect. Purport. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu declared that Srimad Bhagavatam is the spotless sound representation of all Vedic knowledge and history. There are selected histories of great devotees who are in direct contact with the personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam is the literary incarnation of Lord Sri Krishna and is therefore non-different from him. Srimad Bhagavatam should be worshipped as respectfully as we worship the Lord. Thereby, we can derive the ultimate blessings of the Lord through its careful and patient study. As God is all light, all bliss, and all perfection, so also is Srimad Bhagavatam. We can have all the transcendental light of the Supreme Brahman, Sri Krishna, from the recitation of Srimad Bhagavatam, provided it is received through the medium of the transparent spiritual master. Lord Chaitanya's private secretary, Srila Swarup Damodar Goswami, advised all intending visitors who came to see the Lord at Puri to make a study of the Bhagavatam from the person Bhagavatam. Person Bhagavatam is a self-realized, bona fide spiritual master, and through him only can one understand the lessons of the Bhagavatam in order to receive the desired result. One can derive from the study of the Bhagavatam all benefits that are possible to be derived from the personal presence of the Lord. It carries with it all the transcendental blessings of Lord Sri Krishna that we can expect from his personal contact.
Om Ajnanat Emrandasya Janajana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Butale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadatit Swapadantikam. When will Sri Rupa Goswami, who has established within this material world the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? Vancha kalpa tarubhyasya kripa sindhubhyavasya patitanam pavanevyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone. And they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirveta Gadadhar Shivasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar Pandit, Sri Thakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today we'll discuss the importance of reading the Srimad Bhagavatam, the importance of the spiritual master, and the importance of prioritizing. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is considered the ripened fruit of all knowledge of the Vedas. And there are many benefits of reading the Srimad Bhagavatam. If we um, just read in the Srimad Bhagavatam, many times it tells how important it is to read and study and recite um, these verses that are in here. So in verse or chapter one, t- uh, sorry, Canto one, chapter two, text eighteen, it's stated by regular attendance in classes on the Bhagavatam and by rendering of service to the pure devotee. All that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed. And loving service unto the personality of Godhead, who is praised with transcendental songs, is an established as irrevocable fact. Also, we see that um, in Canto 12, the final chapter, chapter 13, is entitled The Glories of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So there's a whole chapter that's been devoted to how important it is to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. One of these verses in um, 12, 13, 11, 12, so this is from Canto 12, chapter 13, it says, From beginning to end, the Srimad Bhagavatam is full of narrations that encourage renunciation of material life, as well as nectarian accounts of Lord Hari's transcendental pastimes, which give ecstasy to the saintly devotees and demigods. This Bhagavatam is the essence of all Vedanta philosophy because its subject matter is the absolute truth, which, while non-different from the spirit soul, is the ultimate reality, one without a second. The goal of this literature is exclusive devotional service unto that supreme truth. So we have um, established that Our goal in Krishna consciousness is to realize Krishna and to realize that we are 
spirit souls that are servants of Krishna. And anytime we have a goal, we have action steps in which to achieve that goal. And here it's stating one of the major action steps is to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. Because the Srimad Bhagavatam is filled with accounts of Krishna's pastimes, therefore it's non-different than Krishna. So we go through the entire 12 cantos. We learn about all the different incarnations of Krishna, of God, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. All of his devotees, we learn about all of um, why he comes in these different forms, what pastimes he performs, who are his associates, who are his devotees, and how to achieve that, how to achieve him, how to achieve Krishna. So it's the essence of the entire Vedas is the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's the summary of the entire Vedas. So therefore, we want to spend some time reading every day because that... That's the way we get to know who it is that we're trying to serve. You know, if we talk about loving somebody, right? I've heard this example given many times that we can say, oh my God, I'm so in love, right? And then the other person might ask, oh, who are you in love with? And you could be like, well, you know, it's this amazing person. He's, or, you know, this person is so amazing they can do anything. They are in charge of in the entire world. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. Well, what's their name? I don't know. What do they do? I don't know. Where do they live? I don't know. Who are their friends? I don't know. Who are their parents? I don't know. So how can we love someone that we don't know? Right? All of these things. And the Srimad Bhagavatam is filled with this ans- all this information and these answers to these questions. Who is God? Who are his friends? Who are his associates? Who are his parents? What does he do? What does he look like? What are his names? All of that information is here in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And that's why it's non-different than Krishna himself, than God himself. So if we're truly on this path of finding our true position, true love for God, then we want to find out everything about how to proceed on this path. Who is this person that we're trying to um, serve and love? And we can do that by reading. We can also do that by chanting japa, our mantra meditation that we do every day on our beads. And that's also, that's, you know, I say time and time again, that is our most important activity that we can do. Because the holy name is non-different from Krishna, from God. So when we chant, we get to associate with God. And this builds our love and faith in him. But we must read also. I've heard, it, I've heard Srila Prabhupada quoted as saying, Faith without philosophy is fanaticism while philosophy without faith is mental speculation. So we need both. We need faith and we need philosophy. And chanting gives us the faith, and reading gives us the philosophy. And this book, the Srimad Bhagavatam, these words are non-different from Krishna. So when we read, it's just another way that we get to spend time with Krishna, get to know him, 
You know, we get to, when we chant, we get to spend time with him. When we read, we get to spend time with him. So reading is really an adjunct to our japa, to our mantra meditation. It helps us to focus when we chant, right? If we know what we're meditating on, who we're meditating on, what pastimes we're meditating on, then it's easier to meditate on those things. So that's why another reason we want to read. In a letter dated October 16, 1968, Srila Prabhupada writes, that is our business. We shall chant Hare Krishna, read Srimad Bhagavatam, and associate with devotees in the temple. So that program shall go on continually for constantly remembering Krishna, and we shall not forget him, not even for a moment. So chanting, reading, and associating, these are the most important activities. And associating means, you know, associating with other devotees, other people that are on this path, whether they are alongside with us or they're up ahead from us. You know, um, people might have been coming around for a longer time, or they may be coming around for a shorter time than we have, or the same amount of time. The fact of the matter is we want to associate with all people that are on this path because we can always learn something from all levels, right? I, um, I always find it interesting when I talk to someone who's just getting enthusiastic about Krishna consciousness because I always find they have um, realizations and um, stories that are different from mine or they may remind me of when I first started getting enthusiastic. Sometimes, you know, over time that enthusiasm can wane, it can um, build back up, and then it kind of dies back down. Because our spiritual journey is not a straight path that once we're on it, you know, we're always going up, up, and up. Sometimes we go up, sometimes we go down, sometimes we go up, and, you know. So it's this constant battle of, you know, our spiritual life versus material life, and we constantly are trying to increase our spiritual life, but sometimes we're not, sometimes I'm not so good at doing that, and I, I let the material side win. So the important thing also is to read the Srimad Bhagavatam under the guidance of a spiritual master. Sometimes the topics can get complicated, and sometimes we may have questions or need some clarification. So it's good to have a spiritual master, someone who's going to guide us as we read. And there are a few types of gurus that are mentioned, but the two most important types of gurus um, are the diksha guru, is the guru that initiates us. It's called the initiating spiritual master. And the shiksha guru, this is gurus that instruct us. He's the instructing spiritual master. So one may have many instructing spiritual masters, there's only one initiating spiritual master. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur states, the Diksha Guru shows his causeless mercy by giving his disciples instructions and chanting the mantra. By so doing, he points the disciples in the direction of the truths pertaining to the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. So that is the duty of our Diksha Guru, our initiating spiritual master, they take on the responsibility of making sure that we um, get liberated from this cycle of birth and death. Right? They teach us about 
who Krishna is, who we are, and what our relationship is to Krishna and to our guru. So they're, they're really important. I've heard it said that sometimes the spiritual master can't go back to Krishna until he, he helps every single one of his disciples go back. So it's a very heavy, profound, deep, intense responsibility that the spiritual master has undertaken. In the purport of Chaitanya Charitramitra Adi Lila 135, Srila Prabhupada states, the expert spiritual master knows well how to engage his disciples' energy in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, and thus he engages a devotee in a specific devotional service according to his special tendency. So we have our own special relationship with Krishna. And we want to realize that relationship and act in accordance to that relationship. And that's only possible after we've become pure. We've, we've had this pure realization of who we are and, um, and what our relationship is. So as we're cle- cleansing our heart, cleansing our minds, cleansing our entire being by chanting, by reading, by associating, that relationship gets revealed under the guidance of the spiritual master. We learn the process to become pure from our spiritual master. So our spiritual master also teaches us how to realize who we are, right? He teaches us that we chant. We take a vow that we're going to chant the Maha Mantra. Um, We take a vow that we're going to follow the four regulative principles in order to help us become more pure. And our guru selflessly trains us and guides us. The only thing, you know, he asks of us in in return for guiding us is for us to take up this process, for us to follow his instructions. And our guru will always guide us and train us, life, birth after birth, right? Even once we're in the spiritual world, our guru continues to guide us in um, serving Krishna. The important thing is to make sure that we have a bona fide spiritual master. And we want to make sure that we also have bona fide instructing spiritual masters. That's our shiksha gurus. So in the purport from um, Chaitanya Charitamrita Adilila 135, Prabhupada continues to state, there is no limit, however, to the number of instructing spiritual masters one may accept. In a lecture on July 4th, 1974, he says, sometimes the diksha guru is not always present. Therefore, one can take learning instruction from an advanced devotee. That is called the shiksha guru. Shiksha guru does not mean he is speaking something against the teachings of the diksha guru, the acharyas. That is not a shiksha guru. That is a rascal. That is a demon. And in further considerations of instructing spiritual masters, Bhaktivedanta Thakur says, I consider the numerous instructing spiritual masters, shiksha gurus, to be more important 
For they show more mercy by training the sadhakas, which are um, untrained devotees, in all the essential aspects of sadhana bhakti. So we can read our Srimad Bhagavatam under the guidance of our Diksha Guru and Shiksha Gurus. And we want to make sure that we have you know, good advanced um, Shiksha Gurus or advanced devotees that we can consult with when we have questions to read under the guidance with. You know, it's really important that we read, right? Like, I've said this before, and I just think it's such a profound thing that Prabhupada established the Srimad Bhagavatam class in the mornings, every morning. And he spent a majority of his time dictating the Srimad Bhagavatam up until his dying breath. In the Hare Krishna film, we see this, that he's dictating. He can barely move. He can barely do anything. And he's continuing to dictate, translate the Srimad Bhagavatam and his purports. And he's dictating them so that we can have them for all time. So the least that we can do to honor his sacrifice, honor Srila Prabhupada's um, work here is to read the Srimad Bhagavatam every day. And I think we all pretty much know this, that we should read, we have to read. It's important for us to read every day. Um, I've heard my guru say many times in a lecture that we should read one hour every single day in addition to chanting our rounds every single day. So we know this. The question is, why are we not doing it? Many of us are not doing it. I know for me personally, I didn't do it for a long time because I just felt like I didn't have time. I felt like I was too busy. I think some of the other reasons are sometimes I'm too tired. Sometimes it's just not interesting enough. I know, you know after a long day at work, I just want to shut off my brain and you know maybe like watch TV and not have to think about anything. And so these are some of the reasons why I, ha- I didn't read. I think we all have our own reasons why we don't necessarily read every single day. Or we, go- we went some time without reading every single day. And then all of a sudden we may realize that it's important. So time is really the biggest thing, the biggest reason why people don't read every single day. Because, you know, when we're working, we have our commute. We have, you know, to get ready to go to work. We have to um, work all day, sometimes eight hours, sometimes 10 hours, sometimes 12 hours. And then we may have another commute. Some people's commutes can be an hour, hour and a half each way sometimes, um, driving. And so it's hard to read under those conditions um, it's also hard, you know, when you get home from work, you know, you eat dinner, you spend some time with the family, and then you go to bed and, you know, repeat that whole process over again. So really the thing is, you know, I've heard it said, make time for it. Make time to read. Well, the bottom line is we can't really make time Right? There's a finite amount of time every single day. We have 24 hours in a day, and nothing we do can make that day go any more than 24 hours. And nothing we do can 
go back and retrieve that time that we've lost. So once the time is gone, it's gone. And no amount of money, no amount of begging, no amount of, um, you know, sincerity is going to get that time back. So really, it's about not necessarily making the time, but using the time wisely, investing that time wisely. And it's really not about time management. Like I said, we can't really manage time. We can't add more time. It's really about priority management. We have to figure out what are our priorities. You know, is reading a priority? If indeed our goal is to love Krishna, to always remember him, to never forget him, then we want to feed our mind with Krishna, with Krishna's activities, with Krishna's pastimes, who he is, with his forms, his names. And that way we can always be thinking of him because we're constantly feeding our mind this information. I'm sure you can find that when things are important, we make time for them. In the personal development world, there's a lot of information, a lot of quotes that we can find about time um, prioritizing, basically. Zig Ziglar, he states, lack of direction, not lack of time, is the problem. We all have 24 hours in a day. I've also heard it said, I think it's Benjamin Franklin that said, if we fail to plan, we can plan to fail. So we have to plan to read, right? First, we have to want to read, and we have to make a plan to read. And we want to do it when, right? I've heard this statement. I think I might have quoted it before. The best time to start was last year. Failing that, today will do. So because we didn't start it last year, we should start it today. Today is a good time, just as good as time as any to start. We might say, oh, I'll start. You know, I'll read the Srimad Bhagavatam someday. Well, I've looked on my calendar, and I haven't seen someday on that calendar. I do see Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I don't see someday on there. So we have to really plan for it. If you want to make good use of your time, you've got to know what's most important, then give it all you've got. That's a quote from Lee Iacocca. And there's another quote that says, one always has enough time if one will apply it well. Also, you will never find time for anything. If you want time, you must make it. So if we want to have time to read the Srimad Bhagavatam, we must set aside time to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. The best way to effectively use time is to schedule it. Put it on your schedule. I have a lot of things on my schedule. I used to just kind of be like, okay, I'll do this sometime during the day. And I find, you know, sometimes things get done and sometimes they don't get done. But if I put it on my schedule, for instance, if I have a meeting, 
I'm going to put that on my schedule. If I'm going to meet somebody on for lunch, I'm putting that on my schedule so that I don't forget it and I can arrive there on time. Um, whenever I have to give class, I put that on my schedule so that I remember and that I also know that that time is blocked off for me to be here in the temple room giving class. So in the same way, we can block off time for our reading I've heard it said, if you want to know what's important um, in somebody's life, look at their schedule, look at their planner. What do they have scheduled in there? If there's nothing, then nothing is important. If they only have lunch meetings, then that must be the only thing that's important. The other way to look at it is, how are we spending our time? If you look at how people are spending their time, that's what That's what states what's important to them, to everyone else. So if we're spending our time watching TV, um, playing on Facebook, reading other books, not necessarily Srimad Bhagavatam, then that states that those things are important. We made time for those things, but we didn't make time to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. So time management is all about distinguishing what is important for you and what simply lures you into useless activities. Again, that goes back to if you don't, um, if you fail to plan, you can plan to fail. So we have to make reading a priority. You know, I know my guru has said an hour a day. Sometimes that can seem a bit daunting. That can seem overwhelming, especially with everything that we have to do. But think about what it is you can do. You know, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 verses. There's 18,000 verses in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And if you want to finish the Srimad Bhagavatam in, what, 5 years, then you might want to read 4, 5, 6 verses a day. And you can finish it up in five years. If you say, okay, ten years, then, you know, you can read even less. But just make a plan to read. Even if you read one verse. If I had read one verse from the moment I started chanting, I would have been done with the Srimad Bhagavatam and started reading it again already. Because we started reading the Srimad Bhagavatam in, I think it was like 1994, giving class. And we just finished it in 2019, right? So, and that's considering, you know, some days class wasn't given, sometimes other lectures were given, sometimes we skipped around and gave another class, depending on what the festival was. So, but if we consistently read every single day, you know, in 18,000 days, we can be done with the entire Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's why it said if you the best time to start was last year, but if you didn't, start it now, right? So we can always start. Um, and there are different ways you can read. I've read, I've heard um, the plan of a chapter a day, which means, you know, you can really dive into it and read the entire chapter, um, verse, translation, purports. Or you can just read the verse and translations, or you can just read the translations, and that you can get through a chapter a day. And if you did that, what, you'd get 12 chapters? I mean, you get all 12 canto, I mean, sorry, I don't know how many chapters there are, but you would get through all of them in a matter of 
you know, maybe a year's time. I have to look and see how many chapters there are in the entire Bhagavatam. Um, my plan is that I do 15 minutes a day. I set a timer. Um, it's kind of the first activity that I do when I get up in the morning. And, you know, in this day and age, we have so many facilities that make the Srimad Bhagavatam available to us. We have um, the books themselves, the printed books. We have books that you can download onto your phones, your smartphones, Kindles, e-readers, things like that. We have the entire um, Veda base, all of of Srila Prabhupada's books, available on the internet. So you can just look in, you know, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 3, Text 40, and you can pull up the text, the translation, the verse, the whole thing. So you can just do, you know, read it on the internet. We have so many lectures, audio tapes that are given by Srila Prabhupada and his disciples on the Srimad Bhagavatam that we can listen to. If we have an hour-long commute, that's a great time to listen. You know, if you listen on the way there and on the way back, that's two hours of hearing about the Srimad Bhagavatam and learning about Krishna. You can read, just to read. So reading is a process that we do to gain understanding and um, meaning of the subject that we're reading about. It's a simple way of doing it, right? Sometimes we read and we comprehend, and sometimes we read and read and we have no idea what we're reading. I know that happens a lot to me, and I'm like, wait, okay, I just need to take a deep breath and focus and concentrate because sometimes I just don't. I can read the words, and they're not really um, entering into my brain. The other option you have is to study. Study takes a little bit more devotion and time. Studying means that you're going to think about each you know, verse, each sentence. What does it mean? You're going to research it. You know, When I give a Srimad Bhagavatam class, I'm studying that verse because I'm going through and I'm thinking about my realizations. I'm thinking. Uh, researching what other things have been said about this particular verse. So um, studying takes a lot more effort. So obviously, if you really want to learn and know the Srimad Bhagavatam, studying is the best thing. Studying, I guess, for an hour a day each day would be the best ideal thing that we can do, but sometimes we can't reach the ideal. So we have to do something. Something is better than nothing. We want to make slow progression, right? Sometimes I've heard it said, you know, don't let perfection stand in the way of progression. So sometimes we think if we can't do this, the gold standard, we can't do the, the ideal, then we won't do anything at all. And we shouldn't think like that. Really, it's about doing what little bit that we can. So if all we can do is read, you know, five minutes a day, then we read five minutes a day because that's something. And maybe sometime we can make a plan of increasing that. So if we start somewhere, then we can increase. You know, If you start with one and you add one, it's zero. I mean, it's two. But if you start with zero and you add zero, it's always going to be zero. Or if you multiply zero by zero, it's always zero. So we have to start somewhere. 
And if we double our efforts at starting with one, then we go to two, and then we double that, and we go to four, and we double that, we go to eight. But if we double our efforts and we're doing nothing, then it's still nothing. So we want to start somewhere. And the best way to do that is to prioritize reading. And it should be a priority because if we're on the the path of Krishna consciousness, then it's one of the activities that we want to do in order to progress on that path. If our goal is to achieve liberation from the cycle of birth and death, then we want to do the activities that are going to help us achieve that goal. So that's all I have for today. There is nobody in the temple room to ask any questions. So I will just end here. Thank you. Darantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Oh, we just had someone walk in ask a question. So we had a comment that there's a, a um, app that you can buy called the Pocket Vedas. And it's something like $14. You can download it onto your phone or smartphone, iP- uh, tablet. And you don't need an internet connection. And you always have all of Prabhupada's books at hand. I purchased something very similar to that. It, it's all of the e- it's EPUB books, I guess. They're for the... Um, iPhone, um, the, the app called iBooks. So it's EPUB, and I got it from Krishna.com, and it's all of Prabhupada's um, books, his letters, his lectures. Um, all of that is available on that EPUB. And so it's always at my hand, too. But sometimes it's nice that the, it's on the Internet. So let's say you, know, you don't make the investment. You still have it available on the Internet. Um, that's what's amazing about the Internet, is that everything is pretty much at our fingertips if we have you know, data. If you don't have data, or Wi-Fi, or you know, Internet access, then doing something like getting all the books onto your phone is a good idea. So it's always available to you. Um, it's also nice to just pick up the printed book and read it because there's something special about reading the printed word and you don't have the glare from the screen, um, things like that. And I think there are some studies that show that reading from a printed book is the best for comprehension. Our brain picks it up better. But again, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere, if I'm waiting in line somewhere... Right. Yeah, if you're going somewhere, if you're waiting in the doctor's office or even in line at the grocery store or at the post office, I can just pull out my phone and, and read, um, you know, so I don't have to carry a big book around with me. So I, for me, I keep my Bhagavad Gita at my bedside so that I can read the printed copy um, at night before I go to bed. But I also have it on my phone so that I read, you know, when I get a chance. Um, the verses that I have set to read for that day. Because I've made a commitment to read two verses a day of the Bhagavad Gita and 15 minutes a day of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, and I, I hope that somehow or another you get inspired to commit some time to reading. If you're already reading, then you continue strong and maybe give some of that inspiration to somebody else that's not reading 
um, and help guide them to, to figure out a time to, to schedule that in. Um, that 15 minutes, I mean, if you do 15 minutes, even if you did an hour, let's say you want to say you read for an hour, you could do 15 minutes here and there and get it done, right? Like, so. Okay, one more comment. So the comment that was made is that we do have all these things on our phone, which is great, but sometimes we can be controlled by our phone, right? A text message comes, a phone call comes, and we drop everything, and we respond to it, email. When, um, when you look at information from uh, personal development, personal growth courses and lessons, especially when they talk about priority management, they really talk about blocking off time that you turn off all disturbances. During this time, you're not going to answer emails. You're not going to, you know, if somebody comes knocking on your door, you have a do not disturb sign on your door. You know, the phones actually have a do not disturb function on them that you could put, and you won't get interrupted by text messages and um, email alerts and any of that. And then when that time block is done, you can go through and, and check all those things. But all of the, and I've read this over and over again, all of the time management, priority management lessons and, and teachers all say you want to block off undisturbed time to do what's top priority. Um, they call it the money-making activities. Well, you know, for us, if we're looking at money-making activities in terms of Krishna consciousness, you know, our quote-unquote money, our wealth, is love of Krishna. That is our riches. So if we're trying to accumulate that wealth, the activities that get us there are chanting, reading, and associating. So when we chant, you know, we want to block off that time. Again, not have any disturbances. When we read, we want to block off that time and not have any disturbances so it's really important to block off that time. So that's really my, my goal in today's class is to help shed some light on how to arrange some time to read um, because it's so important. It, I mean, over and over again, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, over and over again, it's, it talks about the importance of reading and the benefits of reading. So we want to honor that. So for real now, Dharantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.